Welcome to the Anchor.com, the AnchorFM.com, the home of the podcast where you can be heard all around the world from your bedroom, bathroom, living room, and the grand beyond. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This album that I'm going to talk about is one of my favorites. Um, You know, nothing more thrilling to listen to an artist that gets adventurous and switches gears and changes lanes. And, you know, it's a funny story. I got a funny story about this particular album. It was a long time ago. I had a former co-worker of mine. And I loaned it to her. And I let her listen to it. And um, interesting story. She came to me the next day and she said, man, that album reminded me of you. And I never really have had that said to me before, but I was like, well, okay, okay, that was pretty funky. That was pretty fly. That was pretty cool. That was pretty happening. You know, that's one of them things that you just kind of like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, you know, you know, you never know how it goes in passing. Well, anyway, the album was Herbie Hancock's Headhunter record. And I remember when I got it and I sat there and I remember just listening to it because I followed his career, obviously from his 60s work, when he was more conservative with his his brand jazz and when he worked with Miles Davis, etc. And then like most artists, when they turned the late 60s and the 70s and, and of course like most jazz cats who were going into more of the eclectic, going into the... Miles had led the charge with the with the funk, and the charge of the more electric sound changed the changed the game. Well, Herbie Hancock is one of those guys that musically he just bring, blends into so many different atmospheres and stratospheres that he has no limits. And when you listen to his work, you know you appreciate the dynamics of what he his versatility. I, I referenced him at times. I almost call him like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of music to me because from the jazz world because he's got so many directions he beats you in that you just, he's going to hook you. You know, he's going to get you. And he knows his stuff. I mean, and it's it's a testament to it. Now, the musicians are on this album, such as Benny Maupin, who played the sax, which was real tight, baritone, tenor, plays tight, Paul Jackson on bass, Harvey, Harvey Mason on drums, and Bill Summers on percussion. Some heavyweights. And, of course, Herbie Hancock was on the clavin and the Fender Rods. He was tearing it up. Very 70-sounding record. One of them records that you just don't want to turn off if you're into that groove. And it really lends itself to just taking you there. It has, you know, it goes there directly. And, uh, you know... Camelon, which is the lead-off track, and I hope I said that right, because you know I can't say no big words too big, but that is funky. I mean, it just oozes, it grooves. Um, it's one of them songs that that's how you wish you could start off every album. You know, you're sitting in you, and you're just taking in all the parts, and it just really just grooves in its ways. And I think Herbie was like, look, I need to get some of this funk bar in my life. And, you know, when you hear his, like I said before, when he's doing certain time signatures as he did in the 60s, then you get to the 70s. And, of course, what he did in the 80s, early 80s with Rocket, you know, the versatility, the knowledge, the range, it's just, you're just left like, 
flabbergasted because he's the same cat and he just has so many dynamics and so many gears and shifts. And music to him is just like drinking water. And you can tell. You can tell. And this was one of those cuts that from beginning to end, it made a stomp, it made some stank, and you weren't going to soon forget it. And it just one of those songs that, you know, it just hits the spot, and it still is a classic cut. And I just, you know, can't say enough about it. It's just really one of those cuts that you could spend a good half hour just uh, just breaking down the parts and how the, the way he is able to, on the rise, just hit that groove and stay in that pocket and how the drums and how everything, how the parts just come together. And it's just very rhythmic. And like I said before, it's like a different cat from the way he was in the 60s. His rhythm, he really went into a different groove, but it complimented him. So, you know, that's one of them cuts that you just sit there and you just bop it. And another thing about this record, it's four songs, but it, it's four funky, meaty songs. This goes to show you that back in the day, you didn't have to put a whole lot of songs out. If you got to the point, you can make a statement. And he made a statement with this record. The next cut is Watermelon Man, and he redid this from his 60s cover, which is Duke Ellington's song. And when you heard the 60s version compared to the 70s version, it was like night and day. But he definitely added some tropical flavor into it. And it had a lot of seed and a lot of pop this time. It's definitely done in a more modernized way. And it sounds good. It's real good, you know. And again, like I said, Herbie Hancock showed you his versatility, his his skill set. And he leaves nothing to imagination. He just brings it. And that's why it's so... It's really one of them cuts that you just cannot forget. And I really like the arrangements and the groove of it. It was uh, it was really tight from start to finish. The next cut I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over one track and we'll come back to it because the last track is Vane Miller, Vane Melter, and Vane Melter. And I like again like the way this one grooves, um, like the syncopation of it, the arrangements of it. And that's one thing about it. It's almost like these cats. It's like okay, we're gonna really. Do our baddest, funkest interpretation of a rocket, and we're gonna see what we got and let the chips fall where they may. And unbeknownst, and I don't know if they knew it or not, they created an album that was definitely gonna stand on its own merit and stand the test of time. Because I'm gonna tell you, there were other jazz funk offshoots, a lot of them were successful and this and that, but there was some about when Herbie Hancock and the Headhunters came on. Herbie Hancock's Headhunters, it just it was like a game changer. It was like it was just like, okay. We got a spot, and can you feel it? And did he ever? And this was definitely one of the, you know, you hear this last cut. Again, the intensity, the atmosphere, the groove, the melody, everything coming together, culminating. And it just, you know. And you forget Herbie Hancock is also a session musician, and he plays on a who's who and does all this. But he finds the time to definitely knock this one off the park. And definitely hit the groove with this classic. So this was definitely one of those records that you, you know, you won't soon forget. It's just really um, full of adventure. And I just like the way, like, when you hear the drums, Harvey Mason was bringing it on the drums and Bill Summers on percussion. And, you know, when you're hearing the grooves, you're just like, whoa, this is tight. Paul Jackson was thumping on the bass. I mean, you know. Uh, just really dynamic instrumentation, just really dynamic harmony, 
I like some of the uh, sounds that Herbie was bringing because Herbie had what I call just he he just was able to unload on so much and a reflection of the time so it was definitely felt the last cut I'm going to talk about on this set is the song Sly which is obviously a nod and a tribute to Sly Stone and let me tell you something you could not talk about rock, pop, funk R&B without mentioning Sly Stone he he composes all that he was one of the most important influential acts from the mid to late 60s, early 70s. I mean, you know, and his groove and his time signatures are all over so many acts. Herbie Hancock played a great tribute to him on this cut. This was definitely a nod to the Bay Area funk and one of the and one of the funk kings himself. And this was definitely, I like the groove on this. I like the, you know, the rhythms and the, you know, and you could tell. You say, well, this definitely reminds me of a Sly Stone cut. This was like one of them cuts that was an ultimate tribute. And again, this was hitting hard. This was this was like direct to the point, and you were definitely grooving to it from start to finish. So, I, you know, this is one of the tightest jazz funk fusion albums I've ever heard, and I enjoyed it. It was it was lengthy, but it was worth it. it got four songs. You got definitely the bang for your buck, and then some. And great musicianship, great production, still sounds good. Almost 50 years later, you know, this is one of the ruckus that if someone says, hey, introduce me to jazz funk fusion, where would I start? This has got to be near the top of the list because it's really that strong and it has its own voice and its own detail. So an incredible ruckus. Wash your hands, keep your mind clear, watch out for another. And uh, please tell me your favorite Herbie Hancock songs, live performances, videos, all his favorite bands where he played with things that you enjoyed because I would love to hear that and where you stand with him. Uh, just because a song is older, album is older, does not mean you can't hear something new because this record has been sampled quite a bit. And when you hear the songs on this record, they're going to definitely, definitely strike a chord. Keep it funky. Stay on the one. Be safe out there. Be careful out there. If you haven't had a chance to, check out the Herbie Hancock Headhunters record. Incredible album project. Great musicianship. Tightly production. It's a must. Add it to your collection. Have somebody play it because you'll be very surprised. And I know you've heard the songs because people have sampled and looped and done everything you can imagine. So, till next time, peace and the best. We'll catch you.